the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He's faithful. That means he's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's never going to leave you. Jesus will never fail you. He's faithful. He'll never forsake you. He'll keep his word to you. All his promises are yes. And amen, the Bible says, because he's faithful, he's trustworthy. When you're in a relationship with someone, you hope and pray that they'll remain faithful to you, that they won't break your heart and leave you in a state of abandonment. What Pastor Dan relays today is that Jesus is this very person. He won't leave you, forsake you, or abandon you. That's not in God's nature. If you struggle to believe that God is who he says he is, May today's passage wash over you in reminding you that God is faithful and true. He's the one who won't let you down. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. finally come to the second coming of Jesus Christ, and chapter 19 gives us some detail of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus Christ is the great climactic event that all the world is heading toward. You look at how crazy and mixed up the world is becoming, it is because God is unfolding his plan, and he's unfolding his program. And the, the end of all of this will be the return of Jesus Christ to the earth to establish his kingdom. In Isaiah, it says, when Christ comes and reigns upon the earth, those upon the earth will say, this is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one we've been looking for, to be our ruler, to be our king, and to be our Lord. The Bible has a lot to say about the second coming of Jesus Christ. In fact, the second coming is mentioned 1,845 times in the Bible. 318 of those times in the New Testament. Uh, 17 of the Old Testament books emphasize the second coming of Jesus Christ. And 7 out of 10 chapters in the New Testament describe the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the second coming is a very big subject in the Bible. Uh, and before we dig into our text today, uh, I just want to briefly share some details about the return of Jesus Christ that we find elsewhere in the scriptures. Uh, first of all, the Bible teaches that Jesus will personally and literally return to the earth. 
When the Bible describes the second coming of Jesus Christ, the the return of Christ is never described as symbolic or figurative. It's not talking about a figurative return or a symbolic return of Christ. Whenever the Bible describes the return of Christ, it's described as a literal, physical, personal return to the earth. Uh, just to share a couple verses with you about that. In the Old Testament, you don't have to turn there, but you can jot it down. Uh, in the book of Zechariah, uh, Zechariah chapter 14, we read, Then the Lord, and it's in all capital letters, so it's Yahweh, it's Jehovah, Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle, and in that day... His feet, the Lord Jehovah, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. Zechariah 14 verses 3 and 4 says that when Jesus Christ returns, he will stand on. On the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is a a real geographic location in Jerusalem. It's not a figurative place. It's a real place. Uh, If you go with us to Israel, you'll stand on the Mount of Olives. We'll go there. It's a real place. Uh, In Acts chapter 1. Again, you can just listen. Acts chapter 1. After Jesus ascended to heaven uh, from the Mount of Olives... And remember, the disciples just stood there and they're looking up, watching him ascend into the sky. We're told in Acts chapter one, verse 11, that an angel appeared to the disciples and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. The angels say he's, he's going to come back just as he ascended, just as he left you. He's going to come back in the very same way. And he's going to come back and he's going to stand and place his feet upon the Mount of Olives there in Jerusalem. Matthew 24, verse 27. There, Jesus speaking of his, uh, his return, he says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagle will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So Jesus said, everyone will see his return. Everyone upon the earth at that time will see his coming. He described it or compared it to lightning, lighting up the night sky. And if you think of an occasion when you saw lightning uh, during the nighttime and how it, it lights up the sky, or it can even light up your house, your living room, and just you know, shatters the darkness with this flash of light. Uh, this past week, my family and I, we were down in Alabama. 
on vacation. We were staying on a lake, and this, this rainstorm rolled in over the lake. One of those just, you know, great summer storms they get down south with a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning. It was nighttime, and we were sitting in the kitchen having dinner, and, you know, this lightning outside all of a sudden, and it just illuminated the whole kitchen, uh, just the brightness of it. You know, when, when lightning flashes at night, uh, you can't miss it. And when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, no one on the earth will miss it. Every eye will see it. Uh, we saw in Revelation chapter 1, uh, you guys remember Revelation chapter 1. When were we there? Like seven or eight years ago, it seemed like? No, it wasn't that long. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen, it says. Jesus is returned to the earth. It will be literal. It will be visible to everyone on the earth at the time of his return. Every eye will see him. It says, now, I don't know how every eye will see him when he returns. He's going to return to Jerusalem, to the Mount of Olives. I don't know how everyone will see him, maybe through television or the Internet. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe God will just supernaturally cause everyone to see him when he comes. I'm not sure how, but the Bible says that everyone on the earth will see his return. So I'm confident that God will work it out so that everyone can see him. Also, when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, he will return to judge the earth, to judge the earth, as we'll see in our text today. He comes to judge. Now, that's in contrast to his first coming. When Jesus Christ came the first time, he came to save. He came to save people from their sins through his death on the cross. He came to shed his blood as a substitutionary sacrifice to atone for us, to reconcile us back to God. He came to save us the first time. When he comes the second time, he will come as judge. And he comes to judge the world. And listen, listen. When he comes the second time, it will be too late to receive the mercy of God. It will be too late. That door will be closed. That opportunity will be passed. The, the, the time of mercy will be over when he comes the second time. It's a time of judgment. And so now that brings us to our text today in chapter 19. We want to look at the passage again. Uh, verses 11 to 13 Give us a detailed description of Jesus Christ at his return to the earth. Again, in verse 11, it says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And so John now sees heaven open, and Jesus riding out of heaven on a white horse, heading to the Mount of Olives, to Jerusalem. Now, the last time that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, it was on the Sunday before his execution, what we refer to as Palm Sunday. And he came riding into Jerusalem on what? A donkey, right? 
Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. But here we see at his second coming, he comes riding on a white horse. In the, in the ancient Middle East, kings rode a donkey when they came in peace. And they rode a horse when they came to make war. When Jesus came the first time, he came to make peace. He came to make peace between God and man. When he comes the second time, he's coming to make war. He's coming to judge the earth. He's coming to judge those who have rebelled against him on the earth. And so he comes Riding a horse, it says, a white horse. Verse 11 tells us he is called faithful and true. If someone were to ask you, how, how would you describe Jesus? You could say, well, he's faithful and he's true. He's faithful. That means he's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's never going to leave you. Jesus will never fail you. He's faithful. He'll never forsake you. He'll keep his word to you. All his promises are yes and amen, the Bible says, because he's faithful. He's trustworthy. And he's true. And that word true there, it means he's genuine. He's the real deal. There's nothing false about him. There's nothing misleading about him. There's nothing uh, hidden or deceptive about him. And we see that here in chapter 19. Jesus all along has said he will come again in power and great glory. And in chapter 19, what happens? He comes again in power and great glory, just as he said, because he's true. He's true, he's genuine. He's faithful and true. And verse 11 says, and in righteousness, he judges and makes war. When Jesus comes again to judge the world and those in the world who have rejected him, his judgment will be right. It'll be the right thing to do. And his war will be right. It will be right. Look at verse 12. His eyes are described in verse 12 as like a flame of fire. Now, this is not the first time in Revelation that we've seen Jesus' eyes described as a flame of fire. We saw the same description in chapter 1, verse 14, and in chapter 2, verse 18. And what it's saying here is that when he comes to judge, his eyes will burn through all of the facade, all of the falsehood, all of the phoniness, of mankind, all of the fakeness that we put before other people 
in the way that we try to present ourselves. His eyes will burn through all of that. And Jesus will look upon men's hearts and judge men for who they truly are. His eyes are like a flame of fire. Hebrews 4.13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. All things are naked and open before his eyes. Because they're like flames of fire. It just burns through all of the phoniness. Verse 12 goes on to tell us that on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. Now again, the last time that we saw Jesus, he wore a crown of thorns. Now we see him coming at his second coming, and he has many crowns, which speaks of the fact that all power and authority will belong to him. He's going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which we... uh, Speak of at Christmas time. It says in that verse that the governments of the world will be upon his shoulder. When Jesus Christ returns to the earth, he he will be the sovereign ruler over all the earth and every knee will bow to him. And every tongue on the earth will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. In verse 13, it says that he is wearing a robe that is dipped in blood. If you look down in verse 15, we see at the end of verse 15, he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And so he's, he's got this robe now that's covered with blood, stained with blood. He's coming to judge. He's coming to make war. This description is found in many places in the Old Testament. I just want to read one to you. In Isaiah 63, it says, speaking of Jesus, Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red? And your garments like one who treads in the winepress. The Lord answers, I have trodden the winepress alone and from the peoples. No one was with me for I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. And their blood is sprinkled upon my garments. And I have stained all of my robes for the day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeemed Has come. His robe is stained with the blood of those that he's judging when he comes. And look again at the verse it says, And his name is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. That means he's the revelation of God. In John chapter 1, we're told that the Word became flesh. In the person of Jesus Christ, he's he's the revelation of God in the flesh. Colossians says in him dwells all the fullness of God, that he's, he's fully God in human flesh. That's why Jesus could say to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Because he's the word of God, he's the revelation of God 
in the flesh. And he is the only revelation of God. So we have this description of Jesus at his second coming in verses 11 to 13. Now in verse 14, we see those who accompany Jesus when he returns from heaven to the earth. Jesus will not return alone, which is good news for us. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, they followed him on white Horses. Now, can you imagine this picture in your mind with Jesus, you know, riding down out of heaven on a white horse? He's got this robe on that's dipped in blood. He's got his name on his leg, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's got this army behind him also riding on white horses coming down out of heaven to the earth with him. And notice, notice it says here, it says armies, plural, It's not a single army. He's got kind of multiple armies here returning from heaven with him. And who are these who are these armies who are in this these armies? Well, I want to look at a couple verses together to kind of answer that question. So let's go to let's go to Jude first. Jude, turn to Jude. Jude is the book right before the book of Revelation. And here in Jude. Uh, Verse 14, it says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Notice the number of times verse 15 uses the word ungodly. This is a judgment against the ungodly. We see in verse 14 that those that come with the Lord are his saints. Those that have trusted Jesus Christ for their salvation. They return with the Lord to the earth. That's part of the armies. That we see in Revelation 19. Remember uh, the church will be taken to heaven. In the rapture. Before the tribulation begins. And then. After the tribulation is over. Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And he brings his bride. The church with him. When he comes. He brings the saints that are in heaven. With him when he comes. So it will include. The saints those that have trusted Christ for their salvation. So it'll include you and me if you've trusted Christ. We'll be in that army coming down out of heaven, riding on horses, following Jesus to the earth as he comes to establish his kingdom on the earth. And if you're thinking, well, I've never ridden a horse. I don't know if I can do that. Don't worry about it. You'll have your glorified, resurrected body You'll be able to handle it. You'll get used to it. It's probably a long ride from heaven all the way to the earth. You'll have some time to kind of get comfortable with the saddle and the reins and all of that stuff. So the armies in heaven include the saints, the church, the believers that will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and taken to heaven. And they'll be with the Lord in heaven. And when he comes again, he'll bring his bride, the church, with him. He asked me how I know. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible, Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.